we'll see what what neck at where we are within five days, and then I think. Gregoire and Dan Beeson are smart enough to know better. Welcome to episode 57 of Smart Enough to Know Better. A podcast of science, comedy, and ignorance. I'm Dan Beeston. And I am Gregoire. In today's episode, I am going to be talking about cheap space travel. And I will be talking about nothing but pee and poo. Pee and poo. Really? Oh, yes. Well, I'm going to be discussing activated carbon. Oh, there you go. And I'm going to talk about, does your dog like you or is it anxious? How would you know? But before we get to that, (laughs) who was that introducing the podcast? Sounded like a hobbit. No, no. (laughs) (laughs) Wrong. Oh, no. Wrong area. That was, of course, Mr. George R.R. Martin. He's not laughing. That's his name. Mr. George R.R. Oh, he's laughing all the way to the bank. (laughs) That's true. Because he doesn't have to write anymore. And he's not. (laughs) He just just travels the world getting blowjobs from fans. Wow, okay. I I I don't know, maybe. Maybe he does. The, um, I went to see him at the Supernova in Brisbane um, on Sunday. and uh, At he, the Supernova. At the Supernova. It was very hot. It was, and uh, a lot of iron was made. Uh, an iron throne, no less. He, that's a pop culture I, reference. I, t- I tied that in. Supernova yeah. is a geek and pop culture expo. It was a lot of fun. I, I had a lot of fun with it. But Mr. Martin, of course, recorded that introduction to our podcast. That means he wasted at least 10 seconds when he could have been writing the books. So when you don't get your next book, you can yell at Smart Enough to Know Better. Please write in and tell us how much you hate us. We'd love to hear. Yes, I want my favourite characters to be killed faster. <laughs> or at least sleep with your own sister or whatever it is. I don't know what's going on. I've only watched the TV series. So I don't care about the books. That's all nah. good. <laughs> and quite frankly, I don't care about the TV series that much. <gasps> Shock. It's all right. Oh, I watched the first episode of that Breaking Bad. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's some science. That's all. Oh, like that. That's right. We were all over that. Oh, I love Breaking Bad. Yeah. Mm. I've, I've only seen the first episode. My goodness, they pulled out all stops of that episode. I assume it's all a bit sort of... It's all downhill. It's all about downhill. What more could they possibly do? No one tell Dan anything. Happy anniversary. This day, a year ago, we were staring at the sun. We were staring at the sun. That's right. Or the lack thereof. Yes, we were off in northern Queensland for the 2013 solar eclipse, which was fantastic. If you ever get a chance to see a full, total, sexy solar eclipse, do it. Go and see it. I am not one to be moved by much, to be perfectly honest. But I must admit, I was... I was a cold iron heart. I was, I was gobsmacked. I, was, I, I actually had a weird moment when suddenly the sun, the powerful Chad in the sky, just stops working your brain goes no some very deep part of your brain craps itself i really just wanted to climb a tree but i climbed down instead that was fine he was there he's sort of tree-like he's very he's very comforting like a palm Uh, that's what fronds are for. Uh, ah, ah, that's very good. In science, something in science this week, which is really interesting. If you're listening, I this, was just about to ask. Well, I'm glad. Well, then, well, then ask. So what's happened to you this week in science? Well, it's not what's happened to me, but what is going to happen to me or has already happened by the time you listen to this podcast. Comet Ison is in the sky. This was going to be the comet. Oh, the one that's really bright. Yeah. And everyone's yeah, going to be really yeah. excited and no one's going to be disappointed at all. Well, it, it, maybe we don't know. This is the thing. It's, it's, it's coming towards the sun. It's approaching perihelion, which means that it's coming in close to the sun. We can see it at the moment. If you're listening to this podcast, the day it comes out on Sunday the 14th, then Monday morning, get up. If you 
you live in the southern hemisphere, nip out before the dawn, an hour before dawn, and look to where the sun will come up in the due east, and you should be able to see it floating in the sky. It should look pretty pretty cool. And then any day after that as well, it will get lower and lower, closer to the horizon with the sun, because it's approaching the sun. That's what ah, it's doing. Right. So it'll get harder and harder to see in the, in the nautical twilight. But... It's then going to go behind the sun. It's, it's a sun grazer, so it's going all the way behind the sun. And when it pops out, like on the 28th of November, if it pops out, it might actually crash into the sun. And you know what will happen to the sun if it crashes into the sun? Chad watch. Bupkis. Nothing. <laughs> Bupkis. It's a couple of kilometers across a lump of ice. You're talking about Chad here. Chad doesn't care about your lumps of ice. It will do nothing. The sun will just go, <laughs> and that'll be the end of that. But if it comes around, it comes around the sun, if it makes it past the sun, if it scrapes it on the 28th of November around then, it should be visible to the naked eye in the Northern Hemisphere in the morning. So if you live in the Northern Hemisphere, nip out on the 28th of November or afterwards, and you should see something very, very bright as the sun rises. Unfortunately, in the Southern Hemisphere where we live, it won't be just the way the orbital mechanics work. We won't see it. But what it means is you've got to see it when the sun is in the sky. So you've got to kind of stare at the sun to notice the very slightly less bright thing next to the sun, which will be bad. Please don't stare at the sun. Squint. No, don't squint. squint. No, we've Cross had this conversation. Eyes. We've had this conversation. Get a mirror. So unless you have some sort of Use eye... Use a magnifying glass to no. defocus no. the rays Stop. of Chad. Stop saying terrible things. If you have a way, people are saying things like, we're not advocating this, but blocking the sun with a building and then looking around the sun to find the comet, I still don't think it's a very good idea unless you've got some sort of eye protection. But unfortunately, any eye protection that protects you from the sun means you won't perceive the comet because the comet won't put out. It's going to be very hard to see from the southern hemisphere. If you're a northern hemisphere person, Bob's your uncle, nip out there in the morning, have a look at it. It should look pretty damn spectacular if it doesn't die but in the, in the southern hemisphere now go see it soon the 17th 18th or 19th of november in the morning at 3 a.m it'll be awesome i'll be out there 3 a.m 3 a.m baby Ooh, that's that's a, not, i don't like science that much 3 a.m eternal klf come on <laughs> my shoes fell apart i'm sorry just i was walking around i'm trying them on walking around felt a bit sticky bit sticky mm. didn't take much notice of it walked around a bit dan, longer dan always feels a bit sticky yeah it's it's it's, it's a standard way for me to be <laughs> suddenly big chunks of black rubber wubba? falling off the heels wubba wubba big wubba 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 you don't treat we my foot no, no, no more okay oh, whoa, whoa. That's a very localised Is that pop culture lover lover that people won't know lover lover oh. isn't it a new zealand song is it Yes, it's definitely a New Zealand <laughs> band. You hear it. Fellows in the, oh, I can't do it. But it's a very thick New Zealand accent. Oh, okay. in oh I'm sorry. But the polymer mm. sole of the shoe yes. just started falling apart, breaking about in big chunks and yes. leaving big black marks all over <gasps> my floor. You had a blowout. Yeah. And, well, meltdown more so. <laughs> uh, luckily, I wasn't on carpet. Thank God. Oh, thank goodness. The carpet is someone's nice carpet. Yep. I had a look online. This was the effects of hydrolysis. Uh, what's that mean? The polymer came in contact with the water in the air mm -hmm. many, many years, and the water was slightly acidic or slightly base, mm -hmm. which acted as a catalyst to create a chemical reaction between the polymer and the water. Uh. And what this did was it undid some of the... So did it break down the polymer in, into monomers, like break the, the, start breaking down the big long chain into little bits and pieces? Uh, n I don't think so. I oh. think what happened is the original chain was this wonderful lattice-type chain, mm. and then it broke it down into like a little... Like spaghetti strands. Like a centipede, Oh, right. I think. Uh, I don't know. Uh. 
I, I got overwhelmed by the pictures. <laughs> but the yeah, the water didn't just break it down. Mm. It had a chemical reaction and created new substances that didn't work as soles of shoes. Fair enough. You had science happen to the soles of your feet. God damn it. Damn science. Dan, when you go to the toilet... Yes? How long does it take you to pee? Oh, 20 to 30 seconds? Yeah. It, yeah. It, it, exactly right. About 20 to 30 seconds. That's, that's about right. In fact... Unless... Human beings... Unless I'm at the urinals, mm. where I step up to the urinal and there's another guy there, and I'm like, come on, Dan, you're a man. You can get started straight away. Don't freeze up. Don't panic. And then it all clenches. Mm. And, I get, and I get, oh, now you look like some weirdo who's it's just up here to hold his own penis and not urinate. And now the guy's going to be looking at you out of the corner of his eye going, that guy's not peeing. What's he doing? And then he stops, he stops peeing out of fear. Yep. So he's getting ready to fight. And so then there's a, this really high-pitched whistling sound. <laughs> Thanks for that. that was, wow, I'll never sleep again. Now, the, uh, it's, what's interesting is human beings... Uh, take about 20, on average, 21 seconds to pee. Not just males, males and females. And we've known this for a while, about 21 seconds. What's really weird is every mammal on Earth takes approximately 21 seconds to urinate. Every mammal. Every mammal. Every mammal. Mice? Every mammal. Gibbons? Every mammal. Dolphins? Every mammal. Penguins? Every, ah, every mammal. Nicely done. No, it's really interesting. So they're saying that the animal size uh, doesn't make a difference to the urination time. Well, not much anyway, only tiny, tiny amounts. Penguins are fish. <sighs> this discovery was by Patricia Yang at the Atlanta Zoo, and they said they've caught the law of urination. And they say the time it takes an, a mammal to empty full bladder is proportional to the animal's mass raised to the power of a sixth, meaning that even very large changes in mass have very little effect in this time. So something like the size of an elephant doesn't urinate much longer than something the size of a mouth. To the, to the six is, is a yeah. big, big, big difference. And there are limits to the scaling. Gravity only plays a small role in the urination of very small mammals like rats and bats, which urinate in under a second. Instead, viscosity and surface tension dominate, which explains why the urine is released as a stream of individual drops rather than the continuous jets seen in larger mammals. So the tiny, 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 tiny ones, that doesn't work. But any kind of decent-sized mammal, so dogs and, and, and penguins, no, dogs and horses and elephants all take about 21 seconds to pee. So the next time you're creepily watching an animal urinate time it time that animal i want you to watch just, that penis w- watch it just watch it urinate and and see how long it takes a hippo I, i've been thinking about this because i've seen a lot of animals urinate in my life it's just you know you're a human being it happens it's not weird we're, we're all comfortable with this and are we aren't we listener uh, on my honeymoon oh my new wife and i went to a lovely hinterland retreat and there was a great big thunderstorm that came over and uh and and we and we cuddled each other in the in the in the as the lightning struck around and uh-huh. then the the storm moved off to the east and we went outside and the sun streamed in from the west and everything lit up yellow and birds and insects came back and a huge double rainbow uh-huh. and so she set up the camera on the tripod and we got a picture of us standing there at this lovely hinterland retreat like horses and shed mm. and it, when the camera went off. There was a massive stream of urine coming from the horse. <laughs> and it was my favourite honeymoon <laughs> shot ever. So, listeners, dear listener, I want you to do an experiment for me, a real experiment. We, we want to know. Ooh. Please 
Next time you urinate with a full bladder, next time you're saying, oh, I'm pretty full, please don't damage yourself to do this. Don't hold on and go to the hospital and go, but the, the smart enough to know better boys told us to do this. I could break the record. It, it, I want you to actually time how long it takes you to pee, a full bladder. And I want you to, and, and I want you to tell us how long it takes you to pee, if, as long as you're a healthy, average human being. So you've got like prostate problems, don't do this to yourself. But male, men, women, I'm actually intrigued if we can get a data set of how long it takes for you to pee. Get onto it. I'm not taking the piss. Nice G. Thank you. Pascal's wager. Pascal's wager. You know, Blaise Pascal, clever 17th century physicist and mathematician. Yeah, I know. Uh, The triangle guy. The triangle guy. Anyway... He came up with a thought experiment that shows you need to believe in God. Pascal's wager. Oh, yeah. How does it work? Well, Pascal says that given the chance that an all-knowing and all-powerful God might exist in an infinite universe, then the safer bet is to believe in God and get the potential rewards of believing. Because if you do believe in God and it doesn't exist, then you've lost nothing. But if you don't believe and God does exist, then you suffer in hell for all eternity. Okay. Interesting. I know, right? Clever triangle guy. <laughs> Which god? What? Which gods we believe in? Jehovah? Buddha? Thor? Oh, yeah. If a god did exist, then the fact that we don't believe in it must really annoy it. There'd have to be some kind of sign. That storm is getting really close. Maybe it's a sign. <laughs> or maybe a coincidence. Or maybe a sign. Lightning does strike the Earth 40 to 50 times a second. Well, that's over 1.4 billion times a year. I'm sorry, Thor! Oh, mighty Thor! Give me! Give me, mighty Thor! Oh, Zeus! Heretic! Gregoire. Dan Beeston. Do you want to go to space? Of course I do. Immediately. Now, it costs a lot of money to go to space. I know. But huh? there's a cheap option. Woo-hoo! $75,000. I could, I could steal that. Well, I, mean, I could sell a kidney. Th- or the car. I could sell your kidney. I mean, you're... I'm not selling the car. No, you've got a car. No, I'm not, sell- cost- yeah, I'm but, not selling the car. But the car costs you no, I'm not. tens of thousands of I'm dollars. I'm not selling the don't. So once you've paid that off, it's yep. just the same time again twice... And Bob, Bob's your uncle. Good space point. Trip. Oh, I see what you're saying. Oh, so I could pop, I, in, in about 10 years' time, I could have a... Oh, I see what you're getting at. I wouldn't even be very old. Ooh. Uh, okay, where am I going? You're what? already very old. <laughs> Aiming at an altitude of 30 kilometres, admittedly not 100 kilometres, which bit, is space. Yeah, it's still a bit, it's a bit above the sky. Lame. Yeah. Above all the clouds. Yes. Daytime, it's still black above you. Sure. It's spacey. Okay, it's, spa- it's space-y. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. But still, that's pretty good. Okay. Two pilots, up to six passengers, will enter a pressurized capsule, mm-hmm. a horizontal cylinder about three meters in diameter and about six meters in length. The capsule is deployed below a parasail used for recovery, hanging from a 400,000 cubic meter balloon. That's an awesome sized balloon. Filled with helium. Yeah, well, you know, 50 to 60. 
thousand dollars of precious non-renewable helium. You are not going. Oh, it's not real space anyway. I don't care. And that's with the market values halved yeah. by the American Federal Helium Program, <laughs> which I'm sure have bitched and moaned about before. I think we have. So basically, they're, 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 not only are they not hoarding their helium, they're making it cheaper for people to use. They're intentionally devaluing the cost That's weird. to get rid of as much of it as possible. But I can still go into space in a balloon. That's what you're trying to say here. No. Oh. No, I'm oh. banning you from oh, using this Dan. as an Now, market value of helium oh. should be double that, and thank God it will be when we reach the helium cliff and the federal <laughs> helium And then we'll just float off ends. it. <laughs> Did you say it? Float off the helium. We went off the helium cliff. I went off the helium cliff. I went off the helium cliff and just went up. Well, that's what's going to happen. We're going to go off the helium cliff and the prices will go up like helium does. Ask me when that happens. When does it happen, Dan? October 7th this year. Yeah! Take that, children, balloons. If you want to party, get... Oh, it's already happened. The disruption to the US economy was so great that they've decided to pass a bill to extend it. Mother pass bucket. So good news to people who like to waste our precious helium by filling balloons with it. Do you have children? Do you have helium balloons at your parties, at your children's parties? Well, screw you! Sorry, I, 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 MRIs. Sorry about that. I want my MRI. They haven't just extended it. It is actually a new bill. Okay. Oh, thank goodness. Yes. <laughs> it aims to impose a fee that accurately reflects the economic value of helium storage, withdrawal, and transportation services. Yeah. Which is a start, but it doesn't mention its position as a non-renewable resource. Uh, they've got all the helium. That's why. This is another good thing. It also repeals the mandate for the sale of all US-owned helium reserves in excess of 600 million cubic feet on a straight-line basis by January 1, 2015. They were trying to sell off all but this oh, amount right. on purpose because they legally had yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've changed that. Right. They can now store it okay. and not just piss it away. I just had this idea... There is no longer a law insisting they get rid of it as fast as possible. I just had this image of some, of some guy going... No goddamn government's going to take my helium away. What are you going to do, Jimmy Bob? I'm going to light this son of a bitch. <laughs> son of a bastard. You don't really reach much chemistry, do <laughs> It's a noble goal. Welcome to my party. Oh, thanks, man. I've been looking forward to this party for... What are those? No, 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 no. They're not helium balloons. They're, look, they're floating on the roof and they're balloons. No. I can't believe... You, how dare no, you uh, use... No, you, I'll set, touch it. Di- breathe, breathe. No, I know. No, no. I know that helium has to be used for scientific purposes and not for something flippant. Then explain those floating balloons, young man. I filled them with hydrogen. It's a lighter than air gas. Oh, that's that seems perfectly reasonable. Does, doesn't it? Cigar? Thank you. I'm afraid, Mr. Biston, the damage is extensive. We're going to have to do an MRI scan. I consider this a win!
You can tell if a dog is anxious. I'm generally the reason. <laughs> well, Dan, you're not, a big, you're not a big dog person or a cat person or an animal, even a person person now. Think about it. But anyway, Dan doesn't like mammals. He's not a mammal guy. Too much urination. Too much, well, no, only 21 seconds worth. It's uh, 20 seconds longer than I want. <laughs> I want. I want a fish that uh, they just trickle the entire that's, time. That's, poo comes out of the top. Anyway, it's been shown that dogs wag to their left when they're anxious and wag to their right when they're not anxious. And, and apparently that was different during the 50s. No, wait, that's, no, that's a different thing I'm thinking of. It's, I'm thinking of waistcoats buttons or something. What? I do, uh, uh, the fashion, they change the size of, like, me, men, men and women's. Yeah, me, that's it, men's and women's. Uh-huh. But, uh, the joke would have been better if I'd done that. Yeah, yeah, yeah that would have been great, but, yes. A visual joke for a podcast. Well, shush. No, I mean, not, not that. Not, I'm not saying that. Right. I do that. Oh, okay, right. I'm saying that if I'd done the joke about men's men and, and women's. Men and women's, yes. Yeah. So, so what I'm saying is dogs wag to the left. Yes. And women wag to the right. <laughs> that's, that's when they're anxious. The fashion, yeah. When they're anxious. Okay, that's great. I'm so glad. Anyway, so <sighs> dogs. When dogs are anxious, they wag to their left because it's a right-hand hemisphere of their brain that's activated. Because, you know, normally it's the opposite side of your brain that controls. So your right-hand side of your brain controls your left-hand side of your body. Your left-hand side of your brain controls the right-hand side of your body. From, that is a gross oversimplification. It is, it is but, it, but it does for your... But it thinks your eyes and things like that and for your muscle groups, it actually does work that way. If you have damage on one side, then it's the other side that gets paralyzed. Ah. Not, not hey, same. you know that thing about people when they... They look up to the left and look up to the right when they're being creative or lying and stuff. Bupkis. Stuff. Total nonsense. Total nonsense. Ah. It's something that neuro-linguistic programming is rubbish. And a lot of it has come that. And a lot of it was promoted, not promoted, but was um, used for magic for a course by Darren Brown. That's why I learned it. And it's not true. No, he, he, he's not saying it was true either. He just used it as, as a way of getting people to stop asking him how he did his tricks. Ah, so, anyway, right. so dogs wag to the left because they activate the right-hand side of their brain. And that's where, the, where they sort of emotional centers sit in their brain. So they actually start wagging to the left because the right-hand side of their brain activated. And that's when they're feeling anxious. Or if they're not feeling anxious, the left-hand side of their brain activates. Therefore, it wags to the right more so. And what's really interesting is other dogs can work this out. So a dog looking at a dog, when it starts wagging its tail, it can look at it and go, that's a happy wag, wag to the right. Or it can go, that's not a happy wag, it's an anxious dog, and so it wags to the left. So you may be wondering why when dogs look at it, they go, why that dog's wagging its tail, but it's not a happy dog. Like, why, why is the other dog acting so weirdly around Why is it giving him a hug and offering him chocolates? Yeah, because yeah, it had no opposable thumbs. But beyond that, and, and no system of commerce, nor manufacture, or agriculture, huh. they're probably big reasons. But also the wag- that be part two. So the next time, have a look. Next time you see a dog wagging its tail, see if it starts more wagging to the right. That means it's a happier dog. Or if it's wagging to the left, it's anxious and upset. So next time you walk into a dog and go, who's your big woogie woogie? And it's wagging to the left. Just leave the damn thing alone. It doesn't like you. You smell. And if it's wagging above it, it's trying to fly. Hey, that's true. And that's <laughs> like tails from the Sonic games. He was a dog? He was a fox. He was a fox. Yes, they don't know. They're not dogs. No, but they're pretty closely related. Oh, God. They're not canines, are they? I, I thought they were. No. Oh, no. Oh, no. Uh, and you know what? I'm not going to wait for Walk of Shame. I'm just going to look it up. Fine. It's the easiest thing in the world to do. With the internet in our pockets. The internet in my pocket. There you go. Faster. The grey fox is one of the only two canine species known to climb trees. It's a canine. There we go. Yay. It's Canada. It is a Canada. There you go. Sorry about that. So, yes. Vulpus, Vulpus. Vulpus, Vulpus. That sounds like the name of a character I have to create. I am Valpus Valpus, the fox of the north. La 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 la, la 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 la. And why not listen to the Valpus Five? <laughs> Look, he's a gecko. Oh, he's on the walls. How is Stick there? 
is a type of force. What sort of force? Van der Waals. I know where he stick. I want to know how. How he stick? Yeah, how he stick. Van der Waals. Yeah, how he stick on the walls. Yeah. Well? What? How he stick. Van der Waals. How he stick on the walls. Van der Waals. I know where he's sticking. Wait, wait. The force was named after a physicist whose name was Johann van der Waals. Oh, so when you were saying Van der Waals, you were saying the name of the force. Yeah. Oh, this confusion for not a curve is people whose accents were not so clownishly ridiculous. Well, thank goodness we sorted that out so quickly. That could have gone on for many minutes longer. Thank goodness it did not. We talked about activated almonds before in the podcast, which is getting almonds that aren't ready to germinate. And going, almonds, activate! <laughs> and, then, and then they go, and you I am Captain Almond! And five almonds all interconnect <laughs> and form a larger almond that's, robot. That's right. It's, mm, mm, it was, I love the 80s. <laughs> I think a lot of animators took a lot of drugs in the 80s and made fantastic cartoons. Well, the ones these days are pretty bizarre too. That's, well, that's because all of them are anime-based, I think. So it's not, not that particularly they're bizarre. They're just not Western culture, I think. That's and my that's bizarre. Oh, thank you, Dan. Those strange people from the counter side of the globe. <laughs> or actually quite close north. Very Our neighbours. Our, our neighbors, direct neighbours. Our, our, our <laughs> immediate neighbours. I discovered a thing called activated charcoal. Uh, and it turned up a couple of times. Good. But then on the weekend it was in the left. <laughs> It's in a soap going oh, okay. activated charcoal. I'm right. like, how do you soak charcoal so that it's ready to germinate? Yeah, I hope that's not. That's not how you do it's, that. That's, that's weird. Activated charcoal is a form of carbon processed to be riddled with small, low-volume pores that increase the surface area available for absorption or chemical reactions. Ooh. One gram of activated carbon has a surface area in excess of 500 square metres. Holy crap. 500 square metres. That's crazy. That's gigantic. That's, yeah, yeah. That's like 20... Five, that's like 50 metres times 10. It is. No. 500 meters, square metres square. 50 metres times 100. Yeah. So that is, it's like 70 by 70. Seven sevens are 49. It is yeah. actually 70 yeah. by 70. It's Close like off. 71 yeah. like seventy one or something. <laughs> it can filter out all sorts of stuff because it binds to toxins. Yes. Which makes it great for dealing with instances of poisoning. Mm-hmm. Hospitals used to induce vomiting. Yes. So they get that like syrup of Ipecac or oh, something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to make you vomit. Yes, yes. Or they would pump your stomach. Mm-hmm. I remember that happening to oh. school friends. Not I, to me. I always heard. School. I always heard about it, but everything actually happened to anyone. I was like, no, this oh. it happened to my brother's ex girlfriend. Oh. She was a drinker. Oh. What they do is they feed you one gram of activated charcoal for every kilogram that you weigh. Mm. Not only that, but it also soaks up and captures gas. Too much information. <laughs> it's another episode of Too Much Information. Hooray! Hooray! We're going to be talking about gas. Yay! So it's poopy and gas. Yay! We're really just scatological this week. Yes, indeed. You can actually take tablets, mm-hmm. charcoal tablets, activated charcoal tablets, if you have a problem with flatulence. Mm. And it absorbs the toxins. Mm. And toxins, the gases, well, yeah. the, the gas. The sulfur and things the like sulfur that. The sulfur and stuff. Yeah. It absorbs it, yeah. clings to them, and then, and then you, you, you crap it out. That. Instead of absorbing it into your bloodstream and then filtering it through the kidneys, which yep. puts some 
pressure on the kidneys. Yeah. I mean, that's not a huge issue. They Hang on, so you're saying that gas goes into the bloodstream and is filtered out by the kidneys? No, 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 no. But what? No, no, no. There, there's stuff in the fluids in your stomach right. that form the bubbles. Oh, I see. contain the gas, and so that sort of gets caught up in the in the charcoal stuff oh. and just blasts so, yes. rather than... At solid taking, waste. Yeah, rather than that stuff going into the kidneys. Mm. It, it, it makes sense, actually. I know that activated char- I didn't know it was activated charcoal, but I know charcoal is used in nanotechnology. So like if you're out camping and you don't want to drink from brack, you shouldn't drink brackish water because God knows what's going on in that water and you could probably die. Salt. Um, yeah, salt. Salt is going on in that yeah, water. And that's what makes it brackish. And, and, uh, oh, really? There you go. And, well, yeah, you, yes. brackish is, uh, is, is, is the boundary right. between salt water and fresh oh, water. Oh, okay. Maybe I'm using that word incorrectly because even fresh water, as in basically if it's too still and, and like it's just a puddle, basically. Oh, that, yeah. We yeah. went up to a dam the other day and all these big signs saying, please don't go swimming because yes. it's very bad for you. Yeah, and, we've, and it's very bad. Full and, of green, blue-green algae. Ah, uh, yes. That's that's sort of goodness. It sucks all the air, um, oxygen out of it as well because the, the algae sort of eats, drinks, or uses all the oxygen. Anyway, don't drink it. But you can get these special uh, water containers with nanotechnology greeblies built on the top yep. and you can pump water through it under pressure through the charcoal and through basically different size filters. And one of the last one is this activated charcoal. And it actually passes the water through through it and it takes out bacteria from the water as well because it gets captured in all the little spaces but the water can go through it doesn't take out viruses though the one i with the one we have where i work anyway mm. so it will take out bacteria but not viruses viruses are very small they are very very small that's right but it, that's it's pretty impressive that, that you go nanotechnology the science of the future now we'll put some rocks in it <laughs> it's that yeah mm, anyway but we've known this since the early 19th century mm. and people used to bake charcoal into biscuits So, like, ten tiny little grains of charcoal were put into your biscuit mix, and people would eat just a little bit of charcoal in their things to help them with their flatulence. And it holds gas. You can store hydrogen in it, and that's important. And that can be for hydrogen fuel cells and that sort of stuff. Yeah. Rather than getting big, heavy, and expensive tanks that you've got to compress the hydrogen into, what you can do is you just pump the hydrogen in, and uh, it's low pressure, low mass low-volume environment, much more feasible than a compressed gas tank. Now, scientists haven't managed to do this yet, but they know it's possible and they're working on it. It's harder than it sounds. Mm. But the the gas sticks inside the activated carbon Mm. using van der Waals forces. Uh, Like geckos. Like geckos. Uh But if you're farting a lot, there is another option to (laughs) capturing that stuff Uh and getting rid of it. Yes. You can get yourself something called simethicone. It's an anti-foaming agent that isn't absorbed into the body. Right. So it doesn't react. It doesn't... The body is just like, no, we'll just pass this straight through us. Yes. But when you've got flatulence, it's you don't just have big bubbles of air inside you. Mm, it's mm. actually a foam. Oh. And if you're eating something that makes it really foamy and makes it really frothy, yeah. then it's really hard for you to move that through your system because it's all caught up in the fluids. Right, okay. So what this does is it breaks down the surface tension of all the bubbles uh, and just makes a couple of big bubbles that are just gas that pass through much faster. Right. Uh, who would have thought that the, the science of flatulence was so involved? Yep, and that means you could just, instead of lots of little, like, oh, oh God, so tummy, and then lots of flatulence all day long, just one big satisfying one. <laughs> Sounds like a fucking motorbike. Dan? No. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. No, I'm not. I'm not Dan. <laughs> Who is this Dan? Stop. Stop, stop, stop. I remember nothing. Uh-huh. Maybe I have ninja seals, like well-trained Navy seal. Watch me throw this knife. I'm not playing. Okay. <laughs>
Fine. I'm not playing. Fine. I'm not giving you stuff to put at the end. No, yeah. let's, let's do some science stuff then. <laughs> Dan, I'm, I'm being a little bit disappointed with the podcast tonight because, because all we've no, done... No, no, I worry. All we've hard. done, because all we've talked about is, is P. That was your fault. Yes. Oh, okay. I'm very disappointed with myself. Bad, Greg. Bad. I'm sorry. No, don't you give me that lip. I'm really sorry. No, I am not. I'm not taking it. Oh, so you'll play with yourself. You won't play with me. <laughs> well, I say nothing. Now, uh, and uh, and we've talked now about flatulence. I yeah. just well, the yeah. science of flatulence. The science of flatulence. Well, Dan, let's just say I don't give a crap. Sasquatch or Bigfoot, who is who? It's all going down at the crypto zoo. Oh God, a crypto zoo about scat? It's about it's the crypto poo. Oh no, crypto poo. So our poo is brown. Yes, if you're healthy, your poo is brown. What? <laughs> Get to a doctor, Dan. <laughs> Get to a doctor immediately. But yes, why is your poo brown? Uh, it's um, uh, I know this one. Oh, good. I know the answer. Excellent. Because it's lots of it is red blood cells that are no longer being used. Yep. And so they turn brown. They start basically. They're basically oxidized. Yeah. They break down. They yeah. rust. Not rust, but yeah, they start to break down. So your poo is basically brown because a large percentage of your fecal mass is actually dead red blood cells. Yeah. Ones that are broken down, being used up, and your body's got rid of them somehow. So it it defecates a lot of them away. So that's why your poo is brown. But riddle me this, Batman. Spock in Star Trek okay. has green blood. Green blood. Green blood. Spock has green blood. Like a grasshopper. So, therefore, what colour is Spock's poo? Well, he... Well... Oh, well, actually, <laughs> there's there's more to this than meets the eye, isn't it? Is because, there? Because, yeah, because red blood cells oxidized because there's iron in the it's, blood it's not oxidized but yeah it's, but, yeah. but there's iron isn't it yeah there is. that's, that's why basically and that, in and the, so in, it's undergoing in, a chemical in, reaction intracytous the, in the cells yes there's, yeah. there's iron in those cells yes and and the iron is is the thing that keeps it brown and, and well, it makes it makes it red and therefore then yep. it turns brown later on yeah yep. and so green stuff mm. green blood wouldn't necessarily be carrying oxygen around well you'd hope so Otherwise, how does he? What's his blood used for? If we're going to assume, well, maybe it's maybe if it's green, maybe it's chlorophyll. Well, no, <laughs> he's still like maybe let's he's assume, absorbing this light from the well, sun. No, no, he does eat. Spock does eat. Let's assume that maybe Spock's, that's just to be polite. Maybe now, let's assume that Spock's blood does what blood does, because otherwise we can just start making anything up and say you know it's it's all for his sexual prowess. We we know we don't really know. So no, uh, but I'm trying to get to the heart of it because if his blood doesn't have iron in it, yes, it uses something like, else. Yeah. What makes it now? What makes it blue? Oh, well, that's the question. Okay, green. A green, sorry, green. Yes. What makes his blood green? What makes his blood blue is when he's born into an affluent family. This is true. <laughs> and then the French come and kill him. Well, you know what? I don't know what the iron does in blood. It it allows oxygen to bond to it, as far as I'm aware. So oh, okay. It, so like moving oxygen around. So if you... so, we we need to find something that's green that oxygen bonds to. Yes. This this comes. Um, this well, quite difficult. Trees, trees take in carbon dioxide and ta- and spit out oxygen. Yes. So the oxygen's not bonding to them; it's bonding to the carbon. No, no, the carbon's bonding to the trees, and they're, I wouldn't they're st- green. Let's not get too cut. Just steady on there, this cowboy. I don't. Think we <laughs> okay, okay. If quantum Vanderwell forces, <laughs> I'm just thinking. If it's you're just thinking pigmentation, pink. 
Pink. The answer's pink. But it all depends if the iron in his blood, because it's, it's, it's fake. If he has green blood, there has to be different chemicals in there. But it probably, if it has to bond with oxygen, it probably still has to be iron. Um, well, doesn't but, oxygen bond with anything else? No, no, it doesn't. No, it can bond. But oxygen bonds with nearly everything. I mean, that's. I think it's a. Well, let's find something green. Then. Nearly quarter. Nearly a quarter. Well, it could be copper. Maybe it's copper in his blood. Dishwashing detergent. Well, let's, well, let's just say copper. Copper is copper. Copper when, goes green. Doesn't it does. It? That's what I'm trying to say. Oh yeah. So, so maybe, no, and I was, and I was uh, only a couple of seconds behind you. <laughs> just mocking me quietly. Then yeah. So maybe it's copper in his blood, which bonds to the oxygen. Oh, that's so, good. I like that. So, so he goes green. Now, so therefore, when he poos, when he gets rid of the copper in his blood, it's all tarnished. It's all. And so he's. And so he's going to go a really, 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 like a, a bluey green colour. Like, like the tops the tops of Duomos in um, cathedrals in Italy. Those sort of things. Sort of iridescent? Yeah, yeah, yeah. edges? Yeah, so that's... he's got pretty poos like a dragonfly's He does, he does. So not only is he stronger, smarter, and more rational than Captain Kirk, his poo is lovelier too. Okay. Oh, wow. So now, okay, that's, that was the easy one. That's the easy one. Oh, all right. Now let's talk about the Predator. You know, Predators, they come down to Earth. Yes. And they bleed fluorescent yellow. Oh, wow. <laughs> so what do they poo? What colour is... So if you were going to follow the poo trail of a predator from the movie Predator, Predators, uh, Predator 2 and Aliens versus Predator, then, uh, not in that order, then, yeah, what the heck? I have no idea on that one. I'm like, oh. I, I, I might be making something up. Good. Welcome is, to CryptoZone. Yes. I might be making something up. But don't hunters tend to pee into bottles when they're hunting so that they don't scare away their prey. Sounds like a good plan to me. Like, I'm pretty sure that they do, because if you pee human scent, the deers can smell that. Oh, so, yes. And Wolverine knows, too. I've noticed that in the little comics, he always goes, he can smell. Anyway, so, go on. Weird. Yeah. Fetish. Yeah. That, uh, <laughs> Logan, Wolverine has. That Logan has. <laughs> snake, snake. The... <laughs> So I guess the predator, whatever colour it is, he's pooing into a bag. Right. And, I see. And, and, like, disposing of it carefully so that the humans can't track his... So you'll never know the colour of predator poo because he will... Maybe that's what that nuclear bomb at the end is. It's not... It's not. Maybe he can kill him, but at the end of his hunt, he gets to go... Just, just <laughs> <it on> fire. <laughs> Boo! <laughs> so it needs to be uh, something that bonds with... Well, maybe. I mean, if, if, does he need oxygen? I suppose he Well, like, you just told me that Spock did. Well, uh, Spock's, you know, fine. We can break the rules. I mean, it, well, it, maybe... He, uh, actually, that's true because he wears a mask, he doesn't does, he? He does, he does. Yeah, that's... But that mask, I'm pretty certain, is not so he can breathe. He takes off and he's bright. It's so that he, he only sees in the infrared. So he uses it to see other, other um, wavelengths. Mm, you've never watched Predator 2, then. He can see all sorts of stuff. But only in through the mask. Oh, right. Yeah. When he takes the mask off, he's seeing the heat. Because that's how Arnold Schwarzenegger got away from him when, when he made his, his heat go away. Oh, right. They, they, they live in a world where they seem to have a lot more heat gradients or something. I don't know. That's not what the crypto is about. No. We're not, we don't care about the top end. We want the back end, my friend. Back end. Back end of a predator. That's, what, right. that's what I'm staring at. So something yellow. Oh, well, I know yellow stuff. Uh-huh. Chlorine. Chlorine, that might, yeah, yellow, that puts out a yellowy green gas. Yep. So, so uh, maybe he uses chlorine in his blood. Oh, wow. <laughs> that a, is a... Uh, so, but once again, so his blood, if, if red goes to brown, and we're saying green goes to an almost iridescent, big bluey green, so the fluorescent yellow would probably go to a deep yellow, like a big bird yellow. 
like it. Well, maybe. Well, dark yellow tends to go that sort of weird greeny olive colour. Oh, oh. he'd have he'd have which suits his militaristic um, species. He'd, so, he'd have camo poo. Camo. That's why you never see it. He doesn't. Oh. Have, he doesn't have to hide it. It hides itself. Aha. That's brilliant. Okay, so let's get even harder now. Uh-oh. So we talked about predators. Yeah. What about xenomorphs? As in aliens? Aliens. They've got acid for blood. Oh, Jiminy. And I don't even know what color it is. Is it blue? Is it clear? What the? Is, what color is their blood? I don't even know. Oh, um, well, there. Hang on. There's very obvious. Well, you know what? Um, there's definitely going to sure. be pictures of it on the internet because if we're talking about the color of blood, we should probably know what it is. <laughs> kind of a globby. It looks like phlegm. So that's sort of a white. No, it's sort of a greeny. Oh, we've done green. That's boring. Blur. Although. It mostly vaporizes on contact. It does. Actually, yeah, yeah. It, it does. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know what? It doesn't matter what color it is. Why is that? Because it's highly acidic, mm-hmm. and when it splatters on something, it just burns right through it. So when they poo stuff out, right. that's like a like a that's a log of danger. <laughs> so it's going, so it's going to react with stuff, and it's just going to be. But, but, but it's still, still going to be acidic. Will it still be acidic? I mean, as acidic as its blood, because it's it's broken well, what, down. Our I blood mean, our it's... blood breaks down, so the acid's going to start breaking down. So it wouldn't be quite as strong an acid, maybe. But it's very strong. It, acid. it is. Yeah, it's like battery acid. It's it's or even worse, actually. It's Much like, worse. It just goes through the yeah, a good point. side of spaceships and stuff. So it can maybe. So maybe you could. Use Use alien poo as battery acid. There you go. True. Or mining equipment. Or mining equipment. Don't just cut them. That's way too dangerous. Imagine their toilets. So who, out of all the superheroes... Like those wreck the bowl. <laughs> you need a glass toilet. You, you would... Um, well, yeah, that's true. You would anything with... Well, I mean, you can, you can contain a lot of acids with lots of different things. I mean, acids don't burn through everything. Normally, no, no, they have, have carbon. react. has to have carbon, yeah. So it's, it's... Oh, right. Most acids need carbon to... Okay, so it's something silicon, like a glass toilet... Yes. ...which... He's a horrifying concept <laughs> now that I think of it. That is a whole fetish thing. Do not look it up on the internet. Glass toilets. Two podcasters, one glass toilet. Yeah. Anyway, so now let's move to superheroes. I love superheroes. Who would have the most dangerous poo? The most dangerous poo. Just the, just the thing um, that, okay, Scott wrote in and sort of said that I was wondering if, if Superman eats carbon-based foods, what would happen to his poo, if anything? And, and I was thinking about this because Larry Niven a long time ago wrote a short story called Man of Steel, Woman of Kleenex, which is talking about hum, uh, Superman's procreation and how he'd have children and how the orgasm is an is uncontrolled physical reaction mm-hmm. and a muscular spasm. And so if he had sex with... Lois Lane, a human, his orgasm, he'd probably crush her to death with his mighty arms, but more horribly, his... Um, he'd <clears> blow <throat> her uh, <clears throat> out, of his, out of the back <clears throat> of her. Yeah, somehow. Like a yeah. shotgun. <clears throat> yes, that's right. <clears throat> so you get the idea. Now... Her vagina. Yes. His penis in her vagina, Yes, 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 that's right. Yes, we the orgasm would blow her cervix out against yes. the wall. Stop. Okay. Like that scene in Boogie Nights. What? I don't want to see it now. Or do it. No, I don't. You also another uncontrolled reaction is is your bowel motions. I don't sit there and go crush my bowels, compress everything, get all the liquids out. So Superman's bowels would be uncontrollably converting his carbon-based foods into diamonds. Superman would be pooing diamonds. That's my theory. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Superman gets most of his energy from Chad. But he does, yes. He like, is. he's basically a big plant. He is a big plant. He's a bit boring like a plant. But he does eat as well. He does eat, he but does. it's... And he's got a digestive system. He just does. He, he, he can, so... so and, and, and I bet he doesn't eat very much, though. He, he wouldn't need to. Well, to, to maintain that kind of yeah. physique, you don't and, want to and, eat too and, much. And I don't think that he eats food. I think it's just energy drinks. <laughs> just... 
heaps of that bro's protein shakes. <laughs> what about the Hulk? Um, His poop would be radioactive. There was a, a Hulk story where he, where everyone was zombies, and so the Hulk would Hulk out because he was so hungry, and then he would eat people, and then he would relax and turn back into Bruce Banner, yep. zombie. Yeah. So zombie Hulk, zombie Bruce Banner. He turned back into Bruce Banner, but the food wouldn't, and it would and just tear open his oh. stomach. <laughs> I mean, the the Flash would he get the runs? Would <laughs> If someone's metabolism was really fast, yes, like the Flash, mm. or he would maybe use all the all the food. Maybe he wouldn't poo at all. Maybe his body would just use up all the energy really quickly. Yeah, but there's always going to be waste stuff. Would that be flushing out faster? Like if your metabolism's fast, <laughs> he uses it... the speed force. So I mean, it's speed. Maybe the speed force. I just don't know. What about pandemonium? Where all three pandas come together <laughs> as Papa Panda and form a giant panda. It's called Papa Panda. Papa Panda. Papa Panda. And then when they go back to normal, have they sw- Has their have, has their poo and see, jumped see, across? And what's really horrible is two of them are actually hugging each other around the head of the third one. That's how it forms Papa Panda. Ugh, yeah. It's like a human centipede, but but with pandas. A T. <laughs> <laughs> We apologise for that last thing. I, I apologise for that last thing. Not me. <laughs> I love it. Walk, 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 walk of shame. It's very 80s synth. Thank you. Welcome to the Walk of Shame, where we have our listeners and each other tell each other where we've gone wrong in previous episodes. That's what makes this a science podcast, not just two idiots talking about poop. But two idiots acknowledging that they're idiots talking about poop. Indeed. The first Walk of Shame. I think you're going to like this one. Uh Uh-huh. It's not mine. Ah, damn it. It's not yours. Yay! It's Steve Nerlix. Don't, no, don't, oh, are we, are we, are we, oh, okay. Yay! Because he's always right. <laughs> he is right, like Finally. People, Steve Nogue, of course, from CheapAstro.com, puts us right about physics all he's the time. really, really good. He's very, very he's good. very well researched. <laughs> he does. Puts us to shame. He does. He does. But he called us out a little yeah. while ago when uh-huh. I was talking about bisphenol A. Mm-hmm. And I said that there, there was some research that suggested that bisphenol A was a bit dangerous and that some countries are looking at taking it out of their... Packaged goods. Ah, oh, yes, yes. I, yes, I remember now. Dr. Ruth Larthy, an assistant professor of obstetrics and gynecology at Stanford University Medical Center, has done a bit of research and found that of the 114 participants, pregnant women, with the higher levels of BPA, were 80% more likely to have first trimester miscarriage than the group with the lowest levels, which is quite a large number. That's quite a large amount, 80% more. Although she was quick to point out that other factors may be at play. BPA might might be an indicator of how much food you have from packaged sources rather than fresh sources. So there's all sorts of elements. So this article that I read was all like bisphenol A danger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm not sure about the maths here. The numbers yeah. don't really add up. Because if they had like 114, let's say they had 120 people, mm-hmm. pregnant women, and they split them into four groups, so 30 women per per group. Yeah. 10 to 20 percent of pregnancies end in miscarriage in that first trimester. Yeah. That's normal. Yeah. Okay. Normal stuff, which means that that's about three to six people. Yeah. Extra. In any oh, group of 30. Yeah. Are going to have that oh, yes, miscarriage. Yes, yes. Sure. So that means that in the smaller group, maybe three or four people had a miscarriage. Mm. And in the group with people had larger amounts of BPA in their system, mm. that was like six or seven. 
Yeah. That's not a... It's not statistically... It's an interesting indicator. Yeah. But they don't mention what the numbers were from the other two groups either. Right, okay. It feels a lot to me like sort of cherry-picking. Yeah, it kind of does. So I don't think that Steve has to walk just now. But I thought it was interesting that it has popped up again. Yeah, cool. All right. Well, T.B. Martin from the forums, he is calling you to task, Dan. He's calling you to task no. about, about your about your concepts of soul one, soul three, soul seven, soul ten, and uh, calling everything by soul. Because you forgot, actually, and, and I'm and actually I'm going to put myself in the walk of shame that I because I'm studying this stuff and I should have realized as well. Because mm-hmm. you were talking about the, the when different planets were discovered. So for yeah. a long time, the, the planets, of course, Earth was the first one discovered. Uh, the Moon was considered the planet, and all these wandering things out to Saturn, of course. We won't go through it again everyone listens to the podcast yeah you'll know what we're talking about but then of course as more planets were discovered then it uh we started numbering them so we had our own weird numbering system we forgot a really important one and there's a thing called the tidiest or the tidiest bode law which sort of works out when planets would should be now this law has been discredited it's not really a law it's more of a coincidence but you, uh-huh. there should be a planet where the asteroid field is and for a long time Ceres, the asteroid Ceres, was considered a planet because it fits right into this Titius Bode law. Titius, I'm saying the word, I'm saying Titius, it should be Titius. Titius. Or, or Titus. No, it's not actually Titius. It, yes, let's start. Uh, this thing is quite large. It's the smallest of all the dwarf planets. It's much smaller than Pluto. But it was considered a planet for a long time. Uh, and then it was taken away. So it would have been considered like Chad 10 because it was discovered uh, after Saturn was discovered, obviously. Like the 1800s the or yeah, something. Yeah, 1850s. Yes, that's right. Uh, 1801. That's pretty cool because they finally had the, the good enough technology to start seeing it. Wow. Oh, nuts. All right. So it was a. It's probably not even Chad 11. No. It's so just, it it turned up before we found Neptune. Yes. Uranus. Yes. So it'd be quite. It'd be quite early. So it'd be you have Saturn of five, and therefore it'd be Chad six. Well, hang uh, on, no, no, first one. Oh, was, well, let's not go here. Yeah. Again. No, let's not do that because the, whole, right the whole thing made no sense. So Pluto, it should be Chad 11, but now it's Chad 12. <laughs> And Ceres is in there. Sure, but it's not anymore because no. Chad, Ceres is not considered a planet. It's a dwarf planet. Neither uh, is. Or, or it's a large asteroid. Uh, oh, wait. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Uh-huh. No, 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 no. Yeah, no, he's right. He's right. I have to take a walk of shame. Yeah. <laughs> I was about to say, no, but Ceres wasn't a planet when Pluto was found. But we're still numbering them. We are, yes. Because you don't just shuffle through and yeah, rename stuff. Rename stuff. That's right. Anyway, it was a very confusing thing to begin with. Thank you, TB Barton, for putting us right. I still don't know what's right or wrong. I'm so confused. I said that Pikachu was an amalgam of Pika. Or oh, Pika. Pikachu. Why did you say Pikachu? Pika. I've never heard anyone say Pikachu. You said it all the whole way through the podcast, and I didn't want to correct you because I was confused. But no one says Pikachu. No one. No one says Pikachu. It's Pikachu. Pika, Pika, Pika. Pikachu! <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't realize you were so passionate about it. It makes me, it's just weird! You're making my nemesis! You're my nemesis! Alright. At any rate, I said that Pikachu was an amalgam of Pika, Pika, which is the sound of electricity in Japanese, and Chu, which is Japanese for mouse. So zap mouse. Yes. Vince in the forums points out that Pika isn't the sound that electricity makes. A pika is a type of mammal from the family Lagomorph, which includes rabbits and hares. It also happens to look just like a mouse. Sure, yes. And chew is the sound that a mouse makes, not oh, it's a, a mouse. So it's the other way around. So it's basically it's actually it's... rabbit squeak. Rabbit squeak. Rabbit squeak. But I discovered a little bit more. Yeah. According to the series producer of, yes. what are they called? Pokemon. Pokemon. Pokemans. 
Pokemon. According, according to the series producer. What's wrong with you? When did you become an old man who just declares what things are called? Like, this is now a pronounced disc because I'm speaking that way. Pokemon. It's Pokemon. They're Pikachu. Pokemon. Pokemon. According to series producer Satoshi Tajiri, the name is derived from a combination of two Japanese sounds, Pika, a sound an electric spark makes, and Chu, a sound a mouse makes. So Pikachu translates as zap squeak. Zap squeak. There we go. Everyone, everyone is right and everyone is wrong. If you hear something in a podcast that you realise is wrong... Find out where on the internet it says that it's wrong and send it along to the other person. Yes, that's right. So that we can trap each other and make each other look bad in public. (laughs) Did you know that there was a man, an author, a musician, an educator that calls himself the singing zoologist? I have not come across that piece of information. His name is Luke. And uh, I'm sure you can read by the look of my face how excited <laughs> I am about that. His name is Lucas Miller, and he's sort of famous. I mm. hope that he's sort of talented to uh, match his sort of fame. <laughs> I'll, leave that, uh, I'll leave that to history to decide. And I tell him that even, I'm not even going to introduce this song. I think, I think you should just hear it. <laughs> A song for all you out there with exoskeletons and jointed appendages. Do you ever feel like a stinky shoe is blocking out the sun and next will step on you? Do you ever feel like a roach motel was built just for you? Yeah, you're its clientele. Do you ever feel like you give folks the creeps? Six-year-olds on screen, grown men shut their eyes.
gross, gross Cause without you we'd be toast, toast, toast Listeners, oh, gentle listeners, if you only see Dan's horror and disgust right now at listening to Mr. Lucas Miller's song, Ah, Baby, You're an Arthropod. Ah. My head is in my hands and only because I can't put your head in my hands. <laughs> it was, I, why, was <laughs> it was designed. Like, it was designed for children. That is designed for children. No, it was. No child should have to sit through that. He has many, many kids, like uh, like primary school kids in America who adore him. Yeah, they're dumb. That was as the, posts. That, that's fair enough. That but, was awful. <laughs> now that was the worst <laughs> writing. Ever. So I'm glad you said that because I would like maybe next time when I bring a nice, cool song, you just bag every song I bring. So I'm just going to say, I, I will find the bottom. I, I'm, I'm going to get down and down and down. I'm going to keep doing this. One day you're going to go, actually, things were good in the past. Things were good. Maybe I shouldn't have been so cruel to Greg and his musical choices. And mm. with the subject of knowing that once things were good, but everything's just going worse and worse and worse. <laughs> you have been listening to Dan at smartenough.org. You've also been listening to Greg at smartenough.org. Follow, follow along with us at social media places. I'm not, I'm not going to tell you this time. You, just work it out. you can work yeah, it out yourself. Work it out yourself. Hey, did you know there was a biologist and, and geneticist by the name of JBS Haldane, and when he was asked about God and the creation of the universe, he said, when I die, I just want to ask God about his inordinate fondness for beetles. Because there are a truck ton of beetles out there. Yeah. A weird sort. Anyway, I just thought like I'd throw it in. Most, most of the biomass on Earth is, is, it, is insects. Insects. Yeah. And most of the biomass of insects, insects. Of is beetles. beetles. Yeah, that's right. So there's a lot of beetles. If you're going to get people in reincarnation, it's going to be a beetle. Statistically yeah. likely. Horizontal cinema, a cinema, a horizontal cinema. Oh, lovely! Not, so much went. better than those uh, isosceles ones. Um, <laughs> God, <laughs> geometry is terrible. Noble gases means noble, as in N O B L E. Like kings don't mix with other people. But these gases are a bit standoffish. Ah, yes. They're, so um, all the peasant gases are the volatile ones. Yeah, yeah, the ones that happen to go off at the moment's notice, like hydrogen. <laughs> one, and the know, Scots. Oxygen. <laughs> <laughs> so, die hydrogen Scottish. <laughs> it's really weird. That LED is so con- concentrated. I can see your fingers. Look at that. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, a, that's, a, a, that's a stupidly powerful LED for a little device. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's dumb. Stop. It's wait. on. It's, it's, it's the, they know it's, it's on in space. It's, it's, it's gently baking me. <laughs> Sasquatch and Bigfoot, who is who? It's all going down at the crypto zoo. Oh, I like the, uh, the, the bluesy end. Well, thank you. Thank you. I actually forgot how it went, and so I just, I just changed it. With the high levels of BPA, we're 80% more likely to have first trimester... First trimester... First trimester <laughs> miscarriage than the group with the lowest... Actually, let's do that again, so that you're not giggling when I say miscarriage. <laughs> 
Fair enough. Do what, Look, anything a poker can. You, you can poke a man if you want. It's perfectly Pokes allowable. fire in a grill. That's about all it does. Okay. Um, cutting that. <laughs>